Hello everyone, so good to be talking to you today. Um, hopefully the doorbell doesn't go off again. I uh, had to edit that out last time, um, but we'll see. Holy Spirit, we just we just give you this time. We thank you that you speak to us today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your leadership. I just submit this time to you, Holy God. Pray that you guide, you guide us and you speak to us. You'll be speaking to your church today. I pray that we'd have ears to hear what you're saying. And help us respond in Jesus' name. Amen. I've just been really encouraged um, when we've had our Zoom calls and people are getting the same passages or similar sorts of words. In the last um, last Zoom call, last Sunday, Dad was teaching from... Uh, Psalm 100 and it was so cool that that Hannah Paulson and Tracy had been reflecting and thinking about Psalm 100 that that week and then shared it at the start I feel like when those moments happen I feel like it's it's really important that when we get a witness from different people that we do pay attention to what the Lord is saying it'd be really foolish of us to kind of hear the word but then not respond to it and I feel like to, right now, I just want to give space for the word of the Lord to, to land in our hearts. I want to give some time. I don't want to move on and, and miss what the Lord is saying to us. So I want to just build on and just reflect more on what dad was sharing last week and a bit more about what I sense the Lord is asking of us and what he's highlighting to us right now. Um, and I, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just so grateful for the Rima Word of God. How he he brings the Word alive. That he as we as we wait on him, he he makes it makes it all come come alive. And it's so exciting when the Lord speaks. So I just pray that we'd have faith that the Lord is going to speak to us today. Lord, give us the gift of faith. I pray. And I just, I just want to say, off the back of the off the start. I felt that what the Lord is saying to us is, will you let me lead you? Will you let me lead you? In Psalm 100, as we were reflecting on last week, it says, acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the people of his pasture. And I just feel this invitation from the Holy Spirit to the church. Will you let me lead you? Will you let me be your God? One passage that I've just been really feeding off for so long, it feels like, I don't know, it might be a month or so, is Numbers 9. And I just love this passage so much. And it speaks of the leadership of the Lord. Let me read you a passage from it. On the day the tabernacle was set up, the cloud covered it. But when the eve but from evening until morning the cloud over the tabernacle looked like a pillar of fire. This was the regular pattern. At night the cloud that covered the tabernacle had appeared the appearance of fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from over the sacred tent, the people of Israel would break camp and follow it. Whenever the cloud settled, the people of Israel would set up camp. In this way, 
they travelled and camped at the Lord's command, wherever he told them to go. Jumping down to verse 21. Sometimes the cloud stayed only overnight and lifted the next morning. But day or night, when the cloud lifted, the people broke camp and moved on. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days, a month, or a year, the people of Israel stayed in camp and did not move, move on. But as it lifted, the people broke camp and moved on. So they camped or travelled at the Lord's command, and they did whatever the Lord told them through Moses. I just, I just love that passage, and it's just been really feeding me that the people of the Lord, the Israelites, were, were so sensitive to the presence. They were paying attention to the presence of God and moving when he moved and staying when he stayed. And as I read that passage the first time, I just, my spirit was moved. I felt the Lord say, will you follow me like that? Will you let me lead you like that? And I've just, I just love meditating on that. Another passage that I just feel really moved by is in uh, Deuteronomy 8. Deuteronomy is a wonderful book. It's like the, the last kind of speech of Moses before he dies. And he's sort of commenting, com- uh, narrating what has happened so far and, and really highlighting the heart of the Lord. And in verse, um, verse 2 of chapter 8, Moses says, Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness. For these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He, he did it to teach you that the people that people do not live by bread alone. They live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And I I just find that so precious that the Lord is looking to see how we respond. As we read the word, we can see time and time again, the Lord is looking to see how God's people respond to his invitation. He almost withdraws a little bit to wait and see Will we choose to follow him? Or will we kind of go our own way? Or will we choose to be our own leader? When I look back at my own life and I just think about um, the leadership of the, of the Holy Spirit, the leadership of the Lord, I can sometimes see that it's, it's so easy to be our own Lord. Um, there's a danger when we become Christians that we kind of, it's like we kind of put God in our pocket. And we kind of, we kind of do our life and, and occasionally we'll, it's like we kind of get God out of our pocket and say, Lord, will you bless me in what I'm doing? And then, you know, we'll put him back in. And then we come up to another situation. It could be a very difficult situation and we say, Lord, will you sort this problem out? Or we might be sick or someone that we love is sick and we might just get him out and say, Lord, will you heal this person? And those prayers are, are, are really good prayers. And I'm not wanting to belittle those prayers. But in this scenario, the Lord isn't the leader. 
I am. I'm the one leading my life and I'm, and I'm bringing God along for the ride. And I just feel that the Lord is asking us to kind of change that. He's asking us like, will you let me be your Lord and I'll bring you along for the ride? Will you trust me to be your God? Will you trust me to be your leader? And, and I'm just really, really challenged by that personally. And I want it. When I read Numbers 9 as we just did, I just think, Lord, yes, I want to follow your presence. I want you to be my leader. Jesus said something really, really profound in, in, um, in John 5. Where he said that he, he does nothing. He only does what the Father, he sees the Father doing. Isn't that wonderful that he only did what he saw the Father doing? In the same way, Jesus was submitted to the Father and he, was, he only chose to do what he saw the Father doing. And I, that, that same dynamic is, is true for us today. The invitation is, will we do what we see the Father doing? A key, before I get into some practical points about how we do that, I just want to also speak into something else. I feel like a really key perspective that we need to have in this context of, of the Lord leading is that we need to understand that it's the battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to him. Sometimes um, as we kind of, we go through our Christian life and we see problems and we um, we decide which way we want to go and we think we think it's all on us I know that I've definitely done this where I think it's all on me to solve a problem it's all on me to find breakthrough it's all on me to make something happen and in this equation it's kind of gone back to that pocket Christianity I've, I've kind of gone I'll get God out when I need him but I feel like the word of the Lord is saying to us, this is my battle. I am the Lord, this is my battle. There's a wonderful passage in, in Joshua that I've got to be honest with you. Until recently, it used to really confuse me and I just didn't understand it. Let me read it to you. It's, it's at the section where Joshua has taken his, uh, God's people um, across the Jordan and they're about to approach um, Jericho uh, Joshua 5 verse 13 when Joshua was near the town of Jericho he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in his hand Joshua went up to him and demanded are you a, are you friend or foe are you for us or against us neither one he replied I am the commander of the Lord's army. At this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? And I've got to be honest, growing up, I used to think that makes no sense. Surely the angel of God is on the side of Joshua. He is God has taken them from Egypt through the wilderness and now into the promised land. Of course, the angel of the Lord is for Joshua. He is there to help Joshua. 
But this is the perspective of heaven that we need to get. And this is the revelation that I've, that I've really felt moved by. This is not Joshua's battle. Yes, Joshua is leading the people of Israel into the promised land. But the battle is the Lord's. And sometimes we kind of think that it's all on us. But God is the God of salvation. God is the God of breakthrough. God is the God of healing. He is the one. He is the head of the church. He is the God of creation. He will make all things new. But this is his battle. And immediately after this section, you know, in in Joshua 6 we see how God wants Joshua and the the Israelites to approach Jericho. We know the story so well. He asked them to to walk around the city, to blow horns and to carry God's presence, the ark. And how foolish is that? Just think about it. The battle plan is to walk around the city. The reason why I feel like the Lord wants, wanted them to do that is to make it so clear. It's not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit. It's, it's, this is God's battle. He was going to show the world that he, it's his battle. And he flattened the wall. The Israelites did not flatten the wall. They just watched God at work. They watched him bring about the victory. And I I love reading this passage because immediately afterwards we get a complete like um, polar opposite moment in in Joshua 7 when they've just had this wonderful victory and now probably feeling quite confident, quite, I don't know, self-important maybe, they then approach the next city, a much smaller city called AI. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not sure. But this time they did not consult the Lord and they got battered. They said, we don't, we don't need, we only need a small part of our army and we're going to go and get it ourselves. And they went without the Lord. They chose to engage their own wisdom without the Lord. They thought the battle was about them. They thought the battle was on them. And they got it wrong. And they had to repent of that sin. And, you know, if you look, I love scripture. I love how we see humanity. We see, we see the heart of people in the word. And, and when we do things our own wisdom without the Lord, without consulting him, we do some awful things. We build towers of Babel. We build golden calves. We think that we're doing a good thing. We think that we're acting in wisdom. We, we deem it right. We follow our own leadership. But when we do it without the Lord, man, we end up in all sorts of messes. And it's just, and when I say messes, I mean tragedies. And I just feel the invitation of the Lord is like, I do want you involved. I want the church involved. You have a role to play. But let me be God. Let me be the God of breakthrough. Let me be the head of the church. And watch me. Watch me move on your behalf. 
this is my battle. For the Israelites at Jericho, it was simply to walk around the city and to blow horns and to, and to shout at the end. That was their part. But it was God that knocked the stronghold down. So I pray that encourages you. Chloe encourages me to kind of get practical as well. So I just want to share a few thoughts at the end just just to try and help land this and just to be as practical as I can. How do we um, do these things in everyday life? How do we allow him to be Lord? How do we allow him to lead us today? So I just want to just share a few points quickly. The first of all, slow down. Wait on the Lord. Don't rush into a battle. Jesus did this wonderful thing where he withdrew to spend quality time with no agenda, just to be with the Lord, just to spend time with him. And we need to do that. Man, I need to do that. Just spend time with him with no agenda to draw close to the Lord. Another real practical thing is as we pray, as we talk to the Lord and we seek his heart, seek his leadership, write down what he says, journal his prayers. I want to do this more. I tend to make a note on my phone. I got a Word document where I kind of capture little things. Um, and then I, what's wonderful is that over time I can then reread it and say, this is what I sense the Lord say to me over this period of time. And then when we look back, we can see what he said. Another really helpful thing is to pray with people that you, you trust, that you seek wise counsel, people that have discernment. So as you weigh things up, you can, you can bounce something off people. Um, you can say, this is what I sense the Lord is saying. What Does this sound like it's from the Lord? But I, a caveat to that is that it's so important that we don't put man's opinions above the Lord. But we do this as a, as a sharpening. We do this as part of the wider kind of seeking the heart of the Lord. Oh, technology, my computer just crashed. Anyway, so where were we? Spend time in the Word. The final one I want to share is get into the Word. Meditate on the heart of the Lord and um, really seek Him in the Word. Have the posture in your heart. What is the Lord saying to me? But also, what does the Lord Lord's heart beat for? What what matters to the Lord? Uh, Psalm 1 says, meditate on, on his word day and night. Just that sense of like constant, like, Lord, what is your heart? I just want to share um, a real personal testimony as, as we finish. Um, as you know, over the last couple of years, we've been doing Adoption Sundays. And a, a big part of that was because as, we've, as I've been in the word, I've just really felt god's heart for the orphan and the widow and we got connected with a charity in, in the uk called uh, home for good as you know and we started doing these adoption sundays and it was just really exploring god's heart and and just tr trying to allow god's heart for our hearts to align to his and just to sense what matters to him should matter to us and um I think that was just that was really the goal was just that we wanted to know his heart we wanted to know his will we wanted to know what matters what matters to him and um Chloe and I have just been on a, on a journey just really just over a long period of time over those few years like just exploring God's heart for for family for 
vulnerable children for, for orphans. And, um, and as you know, during when, when COVID-19 and lockdown came and there was the call for, for emergency foster carers, we had already been on the journey with the Lord. We had already, um, he'd already been speaking to us about it. And as we explored it with him, I just kept sensing his presence. It's so wonderful. So at each turn, each stage, I kept asking, Lord, is this what you want us to do? And I could just feel his presence. As we were watching the videos about trauma and about secure attachment and about how to manage difficult behavior, I just felt the presence of God so strongly. And I knew that this is what he's asking us to do. His presence was leading us into this quite big thing. And I've got to be honest with you, I'm quite, there are definitely moments where I feel a bit anxious about it. And I'm kind of like, you know, Lord, this is going to change a lot. It's, you know, we've got quite a tight family unit. And, you know, adding someone into the mix is going to change things. But I felt his presence. I felt his leadership. And we've submitted to it. And we're going to trust him. It's worth it. Living a life submitted to, to God. It's what he's asking us to do. We, he's only asking us to do a little bit. And he's going to do the rest. Let's watch him at work.